Welcome back to the latest edition of The Audible presented by Trader Joe's. I'm Bruce Feldman. Joined as always by my colleague Stuart Mando. We are taping Sunday night. Um, I am on the road. I'm hitting some schools, some Pac-12 schools this week and just landed up here. But it was a uh, you and I both watched a bunch of spring games. We're going to get into this. Let's start with the game, a game you saw that I really saw very little of. I saw probably five minutes of Georgia's spring game. Uh, they are the defending national champs. They do have a lot of guys to replace, most notably Stetson Bennett. Um, what were your impressions of what you saw? My impressions of what I saw right off the bat is that it was like Georgia, it's like that they're still playing TCU. <laughs> the game hadn't ended. Um, and that's despite the fact that Carson Beck is now the quarterback instead of Stetson Bennett. First drive right down the field, um, very familiar, uh, you know, pass down the sideline to our friend Brock Bowers, touched uh, almost touchdown, scored a touchdown the next play. Um, Georgia's offense is loaded again. And, you know, I know you got to put in the requisite caveat. Usually it's a spring game. You can't tell it's the offense or defense. I'm going to go on a limb and guess Georgia's defense is still pretty good that it hasn't fallen off the cliff. And, you know, you've still got Brock Bowers. You've still got a really deep lineup of um, running backs. You've got uh, uh, you've got uh, Dominic Lovett comes in from Missouri, the receiver who had about 800 yards last year. He's making catches. They've got a freshman tight end who's playing. Um, and I assume a very good offensive line. So I also watched Ohio State and, and some Before other. Before we go to Ohio teams. State. Yeah. So but I'm just saying. There was a there was a pronounced difference from even even there, even though we I don't know, Ohio State might go in number two to Georgia's number one. I don't know. Um, they just looked further along than you expect a team to look in a spring game. Now, I remember when we hinted at there was an offensive coordinator change going to happen and Mike Bobo was coming back. You are not very effusive in Mike Bobo's return with Munkin leaving to go back to the NFL. How do you feel about that now? You're, I don't think well, that I don't think you can learn from a spring game. I mean, that'll that'll at some point they'll get into a game and he'll have to make a crucial call and and we'll see if it's uh new Bobo or old Bobo. But it looked I mean, it looked the same. It looked, you know, a lot of two at two tight end sets. Um, just the offense looked the same to me. I'm not maybe somebody could go in and do a film review and, and figure out where, where the Bobo touches, but um i don't i don't know i don't think that's something it spring games are about seeing the the personnel i don't think you can get much on the the play calling or the coaching if you who would you think georgia will miss more stetson bennett who is the only quarterback they've had a bunch of good ones over the last 30 plus years but the only one who led them to a national title and led them to two of them or todd munkin <laughs> um Gosh, I don't know if it's recency bias because I thought Carson Beck, who, by the way, there's supposed to be a quarterback competition there. As Seth Emerson wrote, there isn't one. Carson Beck will be their quarterback and he looked good. But I think Todd Munkin's the bigger, like the bigger. Um, I just think that, you know, if you if not shortchanging Stetson Bennett in any way, but it just seemed like their offense came into the modern age when Munkin got Bobo. Uh, I still think of kind of the old Mark Richt offense, right? When I think of him. So we've got to get into the season and see that, that 
you know, he can call plays in the way Munkin did get it to, they have so many different guys you want to get it to starting with Brock Bowers. Um, I don't think uh, Carson Beck, I'm not going to predict that he's the Heisman runner up uh, just yet, but I think he'll do a good job. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is a TBD. Like I said, I did not, I watched very little of the Georgia game. I came back from uh, an event, a sporting event I was at. And by the time that one was almost over. Um, so I are you see- telling me you watch these other spring games live? So Ohio state, I watched live. Penn Cause state, I just record all of them and, and go in later. No, I watched, my son had a soccer game, like our time around noon. So I was able to watch uh, Ohio State spring game, much of it. I was able to watch a good chunk of Penn State's. And then I watched uh, towards the end of Michigan State's. But I saw, you know, I was able to watch a bunch um, live. Uh, these, I, you know, well, before we get to some of these games, we'll get back to Ohio State. And But you got a tweet the other day, which... You know, I, I thought of this too, not in the context you put it in, but there used to be tons of spring games on ESPN and ESPN's family of networks. Now there's almost none. They're all yeah. on ESPN Plus. I'd be like, if you're going to put a re- a real regular season game on, which they do, but on their their premium package, I think some people, diehard fans, would do that. I don't know who's signing up for spring games. Um, but I think it's a way to tout that you have a lot of the games, but it's just, it's interesting to see you, you've put on the, like you get, I get all those ESPN channels and nothing is on there except for the Georgia game. I think it was on ESPN two, as you said, you know, the big 10 network, they had three games right in a row, um, all on BTN. And SEC network didn't show uh, any. Anything. They put them all on SEC. And somebody said, well. They Florida on Thursday night. They they didn't show it. I mean, they showed it on SEC Plus, I guess. Now you could say, hey, SEC baseball is popular. Um, so they're better. maybe they're better off showing real games that count SEC baseball. But come on. Football is king. T- you know, Tennessee played a spring game Saturday that was not on the SEC network. You don't think people would be tuning in? No, they're trying to get people to sign up for ESPN Plus and, you know, give, I'm sure in the contract, right, with with the, with the conference, there's probably very few things they can move on there without permission. And I guess spring game, I know I think every team has one non-conference game now on ESPN Plus, like whoever their worst non-conference game is, they put on ESPN Plus. And I guess you can do that with the spring game, too. So, um, but yeah, uh, BTN, which is owned by your employer, Fox, you know. It was back to back to back Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State on Saturday. And um, what do we learn about the Buckeyes? What I thought I learned about the Buckeyes is I do think they're going to miss CJ Stroud because he's so good and how he ran the offense. And so Devin Brown has a finger injury. He was not able to go. Kyle McCord did. The, I, the, to me, the bigger thing was like, a, ooh, this is going to be a big work in progress was on the offensive line, like Justin Fry is the old line coach there. And he's got his hand, he's got his hands full because they lost both offensive tackles. They lost their center, who's a good player too, but it looks like the tackles. And again, the tackles happen to be going up against Ohio State has very good defensive ends. But I, I think that's the part where um you know I think that's the part that's going to be a, a bit of a challenge for them. To me, that's the biggest concern. Now, look, I'm not going through the other, you know, the other national title contenders with a fine tooth comb like that. But just from the game I watched, 
like that was something that that stood out like the defense there was there was stuff to be encouraged by you know you didn't have um you didn't Ohio State did not have all the great receivers they have so you didn't need to see a ton of of uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. he played the I think the first quarter but then some of the other guys uh Emeka Bigu was not in there I think there was Julian Fleming I don't think he played so they still were good players I mean we got to see Cornell Tate who's who's probably the next great one that they have in the pipeline now but uh you know I would start with the offensive tackles is going to be, it's hard to replace. One guy is going to be a, probably a top 15 pick and Dewan Jones will be, I'm guessing no worse than a, than a second day pick or a second rounder. And those guys were good players. Yeah. That actually was a big, now that I think about it, the all three of those Georgia quarterbacks had time to throw. Um, it was hard to really evaluate Kyle McCord. It just seemed like he was not, he, 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 he didn't have a clean pocket and he had a lot of situations where he just basically had to, check down throw it throw it away and whatnot it makes some nice throws the throw to to um tate was a really good throw there was a couple of throws that he really stuck in there but um i i think this is a total like incomplete grade right now based on you know simple I, I will say it would kind of you know sometimes you need a little bit of a spring reminder of who's where and they do have an embarrassment of riches at running back um trayvon henderson didn't play in the game he though he is apparently healthy uh, they still have Mayan Williams. Um, they still have Dallin Hayden, who was a freshman last year. And then I totally forgot about Chip Trainum, who transferred from ASU to, as a running back at ASU, transferred to Ohio State to play linebacker. But did play a running back for them late in the year. Ends up going to playing, being their leading rusher in the Michigan game. And he might have been the leading runner in this, in the rusher. They had a, a long run. Now, you said, as you said, embarrassment of riches. They had they had real concerns at running back by the end of the year. That's a position that can can get worn down pretty quick. Um, the question and that's where they need to become a better run blocking team. The other thing I was going to say is, okay, you you like to think you know where you know you're following the transfer portal pretty closely, but there's going to be ones that slip through the cracks. Could you have said before Saturday that Ohio State's third string quarterback is Tristan Gavia? No, um, it's funny. So I didn't, I forgot he was there and then saw him play, but he had tried to go someplace else. I'm trying to remember because somebody I know who works in the quarterback space had talked about him. It was a year ago. And I don't know exactly what happened um, because he's another one who feels like he's been in school forever. He is Um, a seventh year senior who you... If you, if you recognize that name, but you can't quite place it, he started at Nebraska. Then he went to Oregon State. And now he's at Ohio State for his seventh season of eligibility. And, you know, I would say this. I mean, you know, this is Ryan Day is one of the only coaches I've seen who's who's managed to figure out how to get an experienced quarterback to come in knowing they're going to be the backup. Um, remember that guy, Gunnar Hoke? He knew he was going to be the backup. Um, but you have this competition between McCord and Devin Brown, and it sure seems like McCord, I mean, Brown wasn't able to play. It sure seems like McCord's going to be the guy. If you're Ohio State, you got to be a little bit nervous. You don't want Devin Brown to transfer, and suddenly you're one injury away from, from Gebbia being your quarterback. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Speaking of quarterbacks, let's turn our attention to Texas, where everybody was eagerly awaiting the debut of Arch Manning. And instead got... A really uh, crisp, sharp performance from Quinn Ewers that led Steve Sarkeesian to come out afterward and say, obviously, Quinn is our starter. I don't think that's all that surprising. Um, it was always going to be a long shot that Arch Manning, you know, beat him out, certainly in the spring, if at all. He actually went five for 13. But um, there was a lot to like about the Texas offense in the spring game. I've been wondering. Obviously, who replaces Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson for that matter? Um, they had three younger guys, Jaden Blue, um, Savion Red, CJ Baxter, so a freshman, who all had their moments. I don't you know. Bijan is is a is a likely first rounder. I don't gonna go point anybody just that yet, but you know, so I have to have one guy. And between the three of them, it looked like they've got some some explosiveness there. Uh, A.D. Mitchell transferred in from Georgia at receiver, and they already had pretty good receivers. So, um, but of course, with Texas, it's always the question is always, are they how they look up front? You know, do they have the kind of guys on the defensive line that you're especially going to need next year when you're in the SEC? But even so, I mean, Texas hasn't won the Big 12 in a long time. They need to be better defensively than they've been. I didn't get to watch that game. I mean, I saw the highlights of every pretty much every snap that that Arch took, but I didn't see yours, so I don't really. He looked good, and not just in a first half of the Alabama game. Good, like he he looked a lot more mature and polished. And again, it's a spring game; you're not playing a, a you know a real opposing defense. He looked good. Um, I'm going to throw a question out at you that it would occur to Before me. Before you do that, I'm going to throw a question at you. Okay. 
So without you tipping your hand too much, but none of our colleagues listen to this podcast. Um, we're doing our Heisman draft, Heisman fantasy draft. Are you and where do you think you should take, would take Quinn Ewers? I mean, I like haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't picked. I, I don't, I haven't looked at all at who, who the Heisman candidates are coming into this season. I, I wouldn't be opposed to taking him, but I don't think it would be all that high. You take him like somewhere between 25 and 30. I, I have no idea. Can we do it by rounds? I would start considering him in the third or fourth round. And I don't remember. Did we get five? I think four. By the way, I'm the one who picked Stetson Bennett in mine last year. Um, I didn't win our pool, but I did did pick him. No, what I was going to ask you is, because I think Oklahoma is going to be a lot better, a lot better. And I don't know that TCU is going to be able to do what it did again last year. You've mentioned the instability of Oklahoma State. Baylor slipped back down last year. Do you think the Big 12 fans' worst nightmare could be a Texas-Oklahoma championship game on their way out? I don't think that's their worst nightmare, but I think that would that would suck for them. Yeah, that would take a lot of people off. But and and but I I don't know. I struggle to say. Oh yeah, Texas would, would you know? Even though Oklahoma had such a terrible season last year, I think I still have more confidence in that program than I do Texas. Is that crazy? Well, because they've been really good more recently. Yeah, for so long, and and I'm not writing off Brent Venables because of, of a rough first season. Dylan Gabriel's back. We'll save that for sometime in the summer when we are doing more of a deep dive on all these rosters. Um, okay, you keep saying like, oh, I didn't see that. Here's one that you saw that I only I saw a little of Penn State. It sounds like you saw more than I did. I did. Um, sorry, I'm eating. So um, I it's a real professional operation we have here. So after ten o'clock at night, I haven't eaten dinner yet. Yep. Thankfully, I got like a uh, meatball sub delivered in, and it's good. Um, one thing that was cool, the game, the broadcast started, and it was good to see Matt Millen in the booth. Mm-hmm. No one really knows that program who's doing TV like he does. And, um, you know, we know Drew Aller, they talked about it as if it's a little bit of a quarterback battle, um, and that may be the case, but... You know, two really good running backs who are freshmen, lots of really good young talent. I mean, you know, after the way they finished last year, like I I thought there's really good, good talent all over the field. The one area where there's not, and it's it's, you know, you can't say it's like, oh, if they just had this, like to me, if you look at them, and let's take Michigan out of this for a second, just talk about compare it to Ohio State. Um Ohio State has a question mark, certainly at the offensive line. Ohio, Penn State probably brings back the most gifted offensive tackle in the country. And I feel like there's certainly more buzz about Drew Aller than there's going to be whoever wins the Ohio State quarterback job. Ohio mm-hmm. State, you talked about the running back room. Penn State has two proven guys, too, who are freshmen really came yeah, along. Yeah, they, they might have the best uh, one-two tandem in the country. What they don't have, which Ohio State – is overrun with is elite receivers. Now they lost Mitchell Tinsley. They lost Parker Washington. I thought Millen made a, I think a good point, which was like, 
you know, maybe Parker Washington, if he'd stayed, you know, was that a, was that a good business move? I don't know. We'll see, but that is the area. Like if they're, if they had the receivers, I'm not saying if they had what Ohio state has, but you know, with the young quarterback, they have a lot of guys on defense, you know, both the corners are good. I know they lost uh, Joey Porter, Jr. Jair Brown's a really good safety. They still have really good talent in the secondary. Abdul Carter has a chance to be special. Again, I'm not saying that I would definitely rank them ahead of Ohio State, but I think there's a conversation to be had at this point. Sounds like it's a possibility for you, at least. Um, hey, look, I think for all the hype around the quarterback, I still think if Penn State has a great season, it's going to be because they run the ball down people's throats. So the, the point about the elite receivers is true, but but I don't know that the kind of offense James Franklin's going to run is necessarily dependent on that. Obviously, you want to have the ability for explosive plays. I just think it's going to be a running team. And if, if they run the ball like I think they can, and if that defense is another top five, top ten type defense, they should, they'll absolutely be in the conversation. Um, it's just, you know, with college football predictions, I think it's just always so hard to – it's funny because we had Chris Fleek on here last week and I was saying like, why would you look at trend lines that go past the, but with, with like picking Penn state over Ohio state, that, that's one of those ones where the rosters turned over several times since the last time Penn state beat them. And I still hesitate to say, oh, maybe they could be better than them now. It's a fair point. Um, but that's where we got with, with Michigan and Ohio state. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. The other one I wanted to uh, actually, why don't you you saw some of Michigan State and you had a, a you told me about something you wanted to go into on that one. Yeah, just from what I watched, Noah Kim, who is competing for the job with Peyton Thorne. Peyton Thorne is another guy who's been there for a while. And Peyton Thorne, I think, played last year banged up. I read, I think, forgive me if this is wrong, but uh, a Graham Couch, he's one of the longtime columnists up there who kind of touched on this in his story uh, Sunday morning. But Noah Kim was pretty impressive from what I saw. I know he didn't make every throw, but there was he took shots downfield. He was accurate. He made plays late. Again, it was a spring game, but he definitely shined, I thought, when the when things kind of got going. I'm not saying he should win the starting job. Um, you know, that's a Jay Johnson, Mel Tucker deal, but he was, I thought he was, he was interesting there. And this is a program. We talked about them a few weeks ago where two years ago, they had a phenomenal year for him, for Mel Tucker. And last year they, they, for a variety of reasons, they kind of fizzled out. I'm curious to see what 2023 looks for them. Cause as we said, they're in a division now that was much tougher and tough thicker at the top than it was two years ago. So that's a lot of big 10 East talk. We hit on Georgia. We hit on the big 12 a little bit. Let's head out West for our last one here. USC spring game on Saturday. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, showed off his Heisman. He went out there and I think he played one drive and then led them to a touchdown. No surprise there. Um, first of all, again, I knew this, had forgotten about it, snuck back up on me. Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina is now at USC. And in in, in the uh, first well, half that I watched, he had probably – yeah. 
he had the most impressive. He had a, a, a remarkable um, juke move on a touchdown run. And it's like, is he even going to crack their top? You know, he'll probably be the second or third string running back. Uh, they had a freshman running back who looked good. But of course, with USC, we want to know about the defense. And it's always hard to tell in these situations. What I will say is, you know, obviously last year, USC loaded up on the chance for a portal on offense. They've got a couple big time guys on defense this year. I mean, Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State looks like he's going to already be, you know, one of their best defensive players, all conference linebacker at Oklahoma State. This one's more of a projecting forward, but Anthony Lucas was a really highly rated uh, defensive end at AM, transferred out after his freshman season. And he's the kind of athlete and the kind of body that they just haven't had there a lot recently, whether he's actually ready to make that kind of impact this fall not sure yet but you you live there you're close to it where's where are you on the state of things i think they'll be better on defense because i think some of the guys who are in the middle of the defense physically are probably more more ready to hold up against the utah or even against the ucla um so i think your two will be better but it's got to get way better and they, as i think i've talked about recently they got to get way better on in the fourth quarter of games and holding up as the season wears on. Um, you know, like you mentioned, the transfer portal, one of the subplots of the weekend, uh, and we've talked about Georgia already, but like in 2022, one of their biggest recruits, Bear Alexander, a defensive lineman who actually had a pretty notable game in the national title game, had a couple of uh, pressures and TFLs and a sack, big time defensive lineman. Uh, he is in the portal or he's going to, you know, he's transferring out of Georgia. One of the schools that we hear some buzz about that he could end up is USC. I believe his stepdad was actually at the USC spring game over the weekend, coincidentally or not coincidentally. So, you know, what, while maybe you listen, depending on who you listen to around Georgia, I think there's some people who are like, yeah, it's like, let him go or whatever. But USC needs more help. They need more big bodies up front. And if he's the guy who decides to come out to USC, I think that he would certainly have a chance to, to make an impact for them. Top of the Pac-12 is going to be really exciting this coming season. You know, uh, part of me thinks, I mean, you could make a case for USC to be the runaway uh, favorite. What with a guy like Caleb Williams coming back? You could make the case it should be Washington. They finished the highest ranked of any Pac-12 team last year. Oh, look at Utah over here. They've won the last two Pac-12 titles. And Oregon, um, Bo Nix is back. So hard to forecast that one exactly. But I do think it will be better on defense. But let's keep in mind, at, at Oklahoma, it's not like any Lincoln Riley had any teams with elite defenses. You just need to get to average because you know you're going to be able to probably score a whole lot of points on offense you mentioned real quick the transfer portal i don't want to make jump to any conclusions yet uh it's only been open as of this recording for two days monday will be the first business day uh but it's off to a kind of a slow start uh it's not the explosion you saw i think the fall one opened like the day after the thanks monday after thanksgiving and it was just like there's a fifth there's 200 guys now there's 400 guys and there's 500 guys been a little more of a drip 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 so far but i think that will change or might change uh once more teams get through spring and have their 
you know, exit interviews where guys find out where they sit on the depth chart and whatnot. And of course, somebody's going to, there. I think there will be a Jordan Addison. There's going to be somebody who you're like, well, I can't believe that guy transferred because some other school got, is able to make a huge NIL deal for him. And that's, that is like, you're not part of the game now. So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, we have to keep it short uh, this week because like we said, Bruce, he's literally eating dinner on my zoom as we speak at 1030 at night and I've got school drop off in the morning. So we can't, we can't go too long tonight, but there's a lot, more, there's a lot other, there's, you know, we mentioned uh, we, we, we hit on about a half dozen teams here. There's other teams, obviously, where some have already had spring games, some have them coming up that I want to get into in more detail. And Bruce is going to have some firsthand reports here. So hopefully we can get back to you with another episode real soon. We'll see you next time. Thank you.